Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. You know, we, we pack in here on Easter. Thank you guys for um, working with one another on space and whatnot. But we pack in here on Easter for this reason, because I believe that God has us here to encounter him. Amen? And so as we bring up the uh, ushers and we take the offering today, I want you to know all that we care about is that people encounter the hope of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So that's what I want to pray over today. If that's you, you've never encountered that, we're praying that that becomes you today. So you guys pray with us. Father, as we take up this offering today, we pray that it would go to the ends of the earth. God, we have no desire to build the kingdom here of Reliance Community Church. God, we, we realize, Jesus, that the gospel and the kingdom is so much bigger than a church on the corner of a 109th and 10th and Pawnee. God, what we want to do is we just want to be a part of your kingdom work. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to take the gospel far, take the gospel wide. I pray, Jesus, we take it in our communities. God, we take it into our schools. We take it in our workplaces where we, Jesus, have the answer to the hope of life, and it's in you. And so, Jesus, I pray that we can be a part of it. Thank you for allowing us to partner with you in kingdom. Thank you for every person in here today. And Lord, would you meet us right here, right now, in this moment, face to face. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. And all God's people said, Amen. how many guys love you some Jesus on Easter Sunday? Yeah? Man, if you're a visitor today, welcome. It's good to have you guys. We realize that on Easter Sunday, you pick up a lot of people who are visiting in town, or, or maybe this is your first time uh, checking us out here at Reliance. It's, it's good to be with you guys. We call ourselves a family because we believe that it's much bigger than what we do on Sunday mornings, amen? Um, it's about doing life with one another, and so um, just excited that you guys are with us today. I really have one question, and that is this. Who hijacked spring, Huh? I, I'm not kidding you. Over the last couple of Easter's, you guys know we did the Easter egg hunt inside again because it's like ridiculously cold outside. And so I don't know if you know this, but over the last few Easter's, we prayed. I mean, fervently got prayer warriors together. We prayed. Last year we said, God, no snow, no cold weather, no rain. And on Easter Sunday, it poured, all right? And then the Sunday, the, the, the Easter before that, we prayed. We said, God, no snow, no cold, no rain, and it snowed like three or four inches. You guys remember that? And so this time, we got together. We said, God, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be like 60 degrees or, or, or whatever. It's going to be beautiful outside, and then we get this. And I just want you guys to know I'm all for Easter falling on April Fool's, all right? I'm all for Easter falling on April Fool's because I think the best April Fool's joke ever to the enemy of all time was that Jesus was dead in the tomb. Amen? But then I look at it, I'm like, but really, God, it was 60 on Saturday, and it's 30s now, right? Like, that's the worst April Fool's joke of all time. We actually, when we were getting together and we were talking about Easter um, and what we wanted to do with the kids, we actually kind of had this idea. We're like, what can we do to kind of mess with the kids? And we were going to make all of the Easter eggs, and we were just going to make them empty like they're resurrection eggs. You guys know what I'm talking about? So they would go and open it up. There'd be no candy. We're like, Jesus is risen. And then we thought, this is like the picture that we got. Lord of the Rings meets Hunger Games. All right? <laughs> Because I don't know if you saw in front of those doors, the minute that those doors even cracked open and we walked out, it was like kids were grabbing at you. And I, it, was, it was a madhouse. It was awesome, but it was a madhouse, right? And so we're excited that, that today, more than anything else, that we're here for the right reason, and that is Jesus Christ. Not the Easter egg hunt, not all of those things. We're here because of Jesus Christ. And, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I know that there are people from all different streams of life that have piled in here today. 
I know that there are people that are broken, people that um, God is mending, people that God is moving in your life. From all different walks of life, we're in here today on this Easter Sunday. And I just want to make sure that we know why we're here. Because see, every year, Christian and I, we try to pour into our kids. We've got four kids, 12, 11, 8, and 3. And every year we try to pour into our kids what the real meaning of Easter is. And I kind of feel like for the first three, we, we, we kind of messed it up a little bit. Like we would talk about Jesus, but they grew up in the church, pastors, kids, where it was like, do you guys know what Easter's all about? And it was always like, Jesus, now can I have candy, right? And so like they didn't quite get it. So then Trinity comes along and she's three. And we thought, man, we're more mature now. Like for the first three, it took them a little bit longer to get it, but Trinity, she's going to get, we're going to pour into Trinity. She's going to understand what the meaning of Easter is. And so um, the preschool gave them all, have you guys seen those resurrection eggs where you, you go through the life of Jesus and the eggs, and then the final egg is empty and it's Jesus resurrected. And so um, Trinity's going through this with us at home. And Chris and I, we're, we're super proud. She's like, and daddy, this was the nail and, and all these things. She gets to the very end and she opens that last egg and it's empty. I said, what does this mean? And she goes, he rised, he rised, right? And I was like, this is beautiful. And in this moment, I was going to have this theological discussion with my three-year-old about reconciliation, right? And, and so I was asked her this question, what does it mean that he rised? What does that mean for you and I? And I'm thinking she's going to say, daddy, I have new life, reconciliation. She goes, we get candy. <laughs> so I feel like we're halfway there with her. Like she gets it, he rised, and we get candy, all right? It's just the way it is. So I want you guys to know more than anything else that whatever reason you came in here today, if, you're, if you rolled in this place because your friend brought you or, or that neighbor kept putting an annoying flyer on your door, okay? If you rolled in here today because that person at work that just, just kept asking you over and over, you gotta come, you gotta come, you gotta come, you gotta, however you rolled in here today, whatever stream of life brought you in here today, God has resurrection life for you. You may have rolled in thinking, this, this is what I do, it's Easter Sunday, this is where we, we, we wake up, we put our best on. I'm telling you right now, God wants to meet with you face to face today because for us, Everything that we are as believers hinges on this identity that our God is no longer in the grave. Everything, our, our hope of who we are hinges on the fact that our God lives, that our God is victorious, that our God reigns supreme over all of death and grave. Amen? This is why we celebrate Easter and make such a, a big deal out of this. And what I want to say to you today is this. We don't want Jesus to be a means to a destination that you're trying to get to. Like we don't want Jesus to be a stepping stone of trying to find a better life. We want Jesus to be your life. Because if you're just looking for a stepping stone, like I just need to feel better. I've just had a bad week, so I rolled in today because I just want to feel better and you just try to roll in today because you want to feel better, you're going to miss out on what resurrection life really is. Amen? And so that's what we're after today. We never want you to lose the wonder of that. You're not here by coincidence. You're not here because you lost a bet and had to come to church on Easter Sunday. You're here because God has drawn you in to this place because he has purpose for every single life in here. You, you know what the enemy's greatest goal and tactic is in your life? To get you to live below your kingdom purpose. That's it. This is, he just wants to get you to live below your kingdom purpose because every person in here has a purpose that God has called you to and the enemy simply wants you to live below that purpose. That's not what we're talking about today, but amen? 
Amen. Amen. So John 12, 31 tells us this. It says, the time for judging this world has come when Satan, the ruler of the world, will be cast out. Listen to what he says. The time has come when Jesus, Jesus steps in and he's getting ready to take our brokenness where the ruler of this world will be cast out. Satan no longer has authority and power over your life. Amen? It's time. Listen to what he says. And Jesus says, and when I am lifted up from the earth, both when he was lifted up on that cross and when he ascended into heaven, he says, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. That's why there's a longing in every heart. There's a longing in every heart that's out there of going, man, I feel like there's something more in life. I feel like there's something more in life. That's why we're constantly striving, constantly struggling in life because Jesus is trying to be that something more in our life. This is why Resurrection Sunday draws people near because when Christ is lifted up and we realize the tomb is empty, the amazing grace and his love is what draws us in. I have one goal today. I have one goal today, and today my one goal is for you to understand this one point, and that is it's time for you to run out of your grave. Amen? It's time for you to run out of your grave. It's not a three-point message. It's not like if you're taking notes, you got to take point number one. Point. Look, I'm not doing any points today. I've got one point. It's time for you to run out of your grave. Amen, church? The Bible is chucked full of resurrection life stories where people came out of their grave, their grave of addiction, their grave of fear, their grave of doubt, their grave of worry, their grave of of self-reliance on their own life. The Bible is chucked full of people that need released from their grave so they can walk in the freedom and the victory of Jesus Christ. If you listen to the word in Matthew What happens on the cross in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, when Jesus gave his last breath and he cried out, it is finished. Here's what we read. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. The earth shook, rocks split apart, tombs opened up. Amen? Graves opened up. The bodies of many godly men and women who had once died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. They went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. The Roman officers and soldiers at the crucifixion said, this man truly was the son of God. And we're like, duh, right? I can't imagine this moment taking place. What just happened right here? Look, I don't know if you watched The Walking Dead, but it was nothing like that, amen? These were not mindless zombies that we get sucked into. That's kind of one of those shows that sucks you in. You know what I'm talking about? So it's not one of those deals. This was one of those moments where they're having real life encounters of people that have come out of their grave and experienced the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's power in the resurrection life. We say this every year, and I just want to say it again. Listen, Jesus put cemeteries out of business. Amen? Jesus put cemeteries out of business because God makes graves useless. You see, we don't, we don't bank that this is the end of our life. When I'm done and my, my, my time comes and I check that list off and, and I'm buried and, and put in that casket and they put me in the ground, I don't check my life off as, well, my life is over. My life has just begun. My life has just begun. See, we don't bank on that, and this is why 1 Corinthians 15, 54 says this, death has been swallowed up in victory. Let me say victory today. Victory. 
Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been buried. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, listen, this promise of new life that we get in Jesus Christ is non-negotiable. Amen? This promise of new life that we get in Jesus Christ is a non-negotiable. If you look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, if anyone be found in Christ, they are a new creation. He doesn't say you will be one day. He didn't say someday you're going to be a new creation. Someday, man, you're going to kind of be able to get rid of all those doubts and fears and worries. He says right now, if anyone be found in Christ, they are a new creation. They have new life. We talk about this a lot in here, and I want you to hear this again. God is not looking to rebuild your life. Amen? God is not looking to rebuild your life. God is not looking to reboot your life. God is looking to give you a new life. He doesn't want to just rebuild you. He doesn't want to just take something that was kind of all broken and try to rebuild you. He doesn't want to try to reboot that life. He wants to renew and give you a new life. This is what he means in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that they are a new creation. I want you to look at the story of Lazarus for just a minute. We, we kind of know that story. We're familiar if you've grown up in church at all, maybe where you've got Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. He's sick and Jesus is kind of a, a, a distance away. And so they, they send some people to Jesus and, and Jesus loves this family. He loves Lazarus. He loves Mary. He loves Martha. And so he's close. He's got close ties to this family. And so they send these messengers to Jesus and say, look, Lazarus is sick. Your, 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 your friend, your, 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 your buddy, your, your, your friend, Lazarus is sick. You, you need to come because we know that you can heal him of his sickness. And scripture literally says this, Jesus waited. He stayed in the town that he was in and, and he waited a few more days. And so finally he kind of gets ready to go and he's getting there to Mary and, and, and Martha where Lazarus was supposed to be sick at. And when he arrives, he finds out that Lazarus is already dead. He died just a few days before. And so there's just turmoil in everybody's hearts. And here's where we pick up in this story in John eleven twenty three. Martha, she's frustrated right now, and Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha says, yes, Martha said, he, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life, amen? Church, can I just say this because I think this is important in, in context of our scripture today. The greatest tragedy in the Christian life today is we're trying to live life from our graves, amen? The greatest tragedy in the Christian life today is simply that we're trying to do this abundant life while we're still hiding out in our graves because we think that our greatest life is still yet to come. We think that our greatest life is that someday Jesus is coming back and he's going to take us out of this mess, right? And yet Jesus is trying to convey to Martha that right now in this moment I'm the resurrection in life. You don't have to wait for some future event. Right now, you can run out of your grave. You see, church, what I think when we look at this is that we think that one day, one day, we believe in our hearts, one day it'll be better. One day it'll be better. And yet Jesus didn't teach that. He said, look, right now you can have abundant life. 
we're not seeing Jesus as the resurrection and the life right now. We are allowing our graves to dictate our life, our graves of doubt, our graves of insecurity, our graves of addiction, our graves of broken marriages, our graves of broken relationships. We're allowing those things to dictate our life right now and not experiencing that. Martha doesn't get it. She says, yeah, 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 one day he'll rise again. I get it, Jesus, he dead, we put him in the tomb. But one day he'll rise again and Jesus says, no, 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 no. I am the resurrection and the life. Picking up in verse 38, Jesus was, he was upset, man. He had turmoil in his heart. His buddy's now dead. Lazarus is dead in the tomb. Everybody's mourning and he's kind of having that, he's seeing everybody cry and it comes in verse 38 and he says, Jesus was still upset or angry and he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the, the, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Listen to what she said, just some common sense. She's like, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible, all right? Now, I just, I kind of find that interesting, all right? Because she's seeing in the natural realm, like, look, our brother's been dead for four days, He's been in a tomb, and I don't know if you've seen that, Jesus, but it's not a pretty picture behind that tomb door, behind that stone. And I don't know if you guys have a minute, don't do it now, sometime later. Go look that up in the King James Version, all right? Here's what it says in the King James Version, that it stinketh in here, all right? I just, I don't know why, but that stinketh, if you're, if you're a King James person right now, you know, you're like, yeah, it says stinketh right here. She's saying, listen, Jesus, it's going to stinketh in there if we take the engine and roll that stone away. She's singing the natural. She's singing exactly what you and I would see in. But Jesus isn't singing the natural. He's asking us to get out of the natural sing. Amen? He's asking us to walk out of the tomb that we're in. Look, all of us, man, we hide back in our tombs. Our tombs of doubt, self-worth, failure, brokenness in our lives, whatever. We hide back in our tombs and we go, man, it stinks in here. But I don't want anybody to know. I don't want you to know what I'm going through, and so I've got to keep this thing sealed up because the minute I open this thing out, man, people are going to see how bad it is in here. You see, Martha sees how bad it is in there, and she said, Jesus, Jesus, don't, don't open that tomb. Look what Jesus says in verse 40. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Didn't I tell you that I've got promises for your life? Didn't I tell you that you can walk in freedom? Didn't I tell you that you can walk in victory? Didn't I tell you that the enemy's been defeated? Didn't I tell you that? Why are you hanging your head? Why are you walking in doubt? Why are you walking in shame? Why are you walking in guilt? Why are you walking in brokenness? Didn't I tell you you've been made whole, that by my wounds you've been made whole? Jesus is simply promoting his promises. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man, <laughs> the dead man came out, his hands and feet in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him, everybody say go. go. Listen, in this moment, in this moment, Lazarus stepping out of this tomb. You've got people looking out of their windows, people that were watching kind of from the wayside. And what they're seeing is that this one guy that they know to be dead, been in the tomb for four days, this one guy that they know to be dead in there, all of a sudden just walked out. In this moment, all of those memories of, of weeping, all of those memories of sadness and all those memories of mourning, and, and, and I'm sure they were all close. It was a tight-knit community. And all of that sadness and that mourning and that 
doubt and that, oh, if he could have just, if, if Jesus just would have, all of, that, all of that stuff vanished the minute that Lazarus came out of that tomb. You know, we walk around with doubt and again, our tombs, our graves of doubt and self-worth and selfishness and pride, worldly success, chasing after the American dream, whatever it is that's entombing you. We chase after all of those things, depression, addiction, we, we, all of those things that fall upon our life. And the minute that we realize that Jesus stepped out of his grave, we too can step out of our grave in freedom. Everything in my life has changed from how I view my marriage to how I am as a husband because there was a long time that I thought I was right and my wife was wrong. Do I hear an amen? And I was wrong. Do I hear an amen now? How I raised my kids, my interactions with people, everything about my life has been shaped and molded because I believe that the grave of Jesus Christ is empty and that he lives. You see, for so long, church, what I did was I simply thought that it was just issues that I had in my life. Well, you're just, you've got pride. Well, you just have anger. Well, you just have self-worth issues. Well, you just have a desire for worldly things. And so all of a sudden, all of my life was being bent on just trying to fix. If I can just stop being angry, somehow that's going to make me better. If I can just, just let go of my pride, if I just let go of my pride, it's somehow going to make me better. And so constantly in my life, what I was doing was I was pursuing the symptoms that I was going through and not attacking the disease, amen? I was just going after the symptoms and and not attacking the disease. And the disease was I was dead in my grave and I needed resurrection life. For somebody in this place today, you're trying to attack a symptom in your life. If I can just be financially stable, if I can just love my spouse better, if I can just be content in my singleness, if I can just this, if I can just this, if I can just be a little bit less prideful, you're attacking your symptoms and you're wondering, why do I feel still less and less and less in freedom? Because at the end of the day, Jesus isn't saying attack the symptom. He's saying attack the disease. And the disease is that we lay our life down and we rise up in his life. That's resurrection life. And what we do is we hide in our graves while we work on these issues. We hide in our graves of doubt while I work on my doubt. We hide in my grave of insecurity while I work on my insecurity. We hide in my grave of broken marriages while we work on our broken marriages. We hide behind walls of broken homes. We hide behind walls of pride. We hide behind walls of lust. We hide in graves of despair and depression because graves are everywhere. We hide in those graves trying to work to improve ourselves, not realizing that Jesus has called us out. This is it. This is where we've got to be. We've got to stop that and realize that he says, come out of your grave. And if Lazarus was set free, church, we can be set free from the things that hold us down. We can be free. We can be free from doubt and selfishness and self-worth and pride and failure. We can be free from those, from shame and guilt. We can be set free from those graves. It's the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. Listen, the power of death that hung over our heads and put us in the grave was destroyed in Jesus' name. 
Satan has dangled death and spiritual and physical and eternal death. He's dangled it over our heads for way too long. In fact, I was thinking about this. Is it the State Farm like a good neighbor where he's got the little dollar bill and he's like, oh, almost, almost. That's how I picture it. He's dangling like, you almost have life. You almost have life. And Jesus is saying, would you just get out of your grave? You have life. It's time. He's dangled it over our heads and we've lived in shame because of it. And sitting in here today, there's a bunch of people that have that same grave in their life. Every one of us have graves in our life, church. Every single one of us have graves in our life. Every person has had a grave moment and there's some of us still living in that grave moment. Every person has a story. And, and what we find is that in, 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 in with Jesus' story, when Jesus came, when Jesus has resurrection life, what we find is that our story becomes his story and he raises us up to new life in him. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.